Want to experience Christ United like never before? Download our app today. You can watch live and previous messages, take sermon notes, get calendar updates, find giving options, and more. Just go to your app store and search Christ United. Thanks for joining us today. For more information on our church, check out ChristIsLove.org. Or you can connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by following at ChristUnitedMB. Thanks again for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Good morning, Christ United. Can you give God what He deserves, what He's done for you right now? I'm Jeff. I'm lead pastor here at Christ United. We are going to have you an opportunity for something that's going to be profoundly impactful in your life. I don't know if you've ever kind of been irritated by people saying, you ought to pray about it, right? No matter what's going on in your life, you ought to pray about it. And, and here's the reality. I don't care what's going on in your life today. You ought to pray about it. Now, here's the thing. is once you understand the why and you understand the power, if you understand today what God's calling you to, you're going to be more excited about praying. You're going to be more moved and passionate about praying, and today God's going to do something special in your life. So let's jump in with this. It's in James chapter 5, verses 13 through 16. 13 through 16. And listen, if you don't have a Bible, you need to start bringing one. We aren't going to put it on the screen. We just want you to have your Bible and start flipping through it. All right, you ready? First thing he says is this. Is anyone, is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Anybody here in trouble? Anybody know what it is to have trouble? You've got car trouble. You've got marriage trouble. You've got trouble at school, trouble at home, trouble at work, trouble with your neighbors. You've got trouble with your mama, trouble with your children. You've got trouble all around. There's always seems to be trouble. And it might be trouble with your teachers or trouble with your students. It might be that you're in legal trouble. It might be that you're in financial trouble, right? You might be in trouble because it's your only fault that you're in trouble, right? It might be somebody else's fault. But when it's your fault, you know, you're in trouble at school because you got trouble with your mouth. And then you were in trouble with your friends. You had car trouble on the way home. And now you're really in trouble, right? And so all the trouble that we have, there's a tendency to feel like that when I'm in any kind of trouble... It's almost like I have an obligation to get myself out of my trouble by myself. There's this overwhelming sense that I'm probably here because of my own mistakes or whatever it is. But, but here's what James says. Is anyone among you, among you in trouble? Let them pray. Let them call out to God. Let them like a child calling out to a parent. Like picture a little itty bitty child calling out to a parent because they're hungry and they can't reach their bottle. Or they're teething and they can't understand the pain that they're going through. Or or maybe their sister just took their fire truck and they feel like life is never going to be the same, but they're calling out to dad, right? They're saying, I need you because I can't. And God needs you to recognize that today, if you're having any kind of trouble, that he's a father who wants you to call on him. And you need what only he can give. You need today his power for him to do what only he can do. When, when a child calls out to dad, you know what I'm saying? Like, I need your help. It's almost effortless for dad to provide what is impossible for them to get on their own. And that's how it is with God. Jeremiah chapter 32 verse 17. Jeremiah says to God, Ah, sovereign Lord, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. Nothing is too hard for you. Now get this picture. God's just saying, nothing's too hard for me. There is never any trouble that's any trouble for God. He never looks at Jesus and says, oh no, what are we going to do now? 
right? There's never a time when the, 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 the financial situation is too bad. There's never a time when you've made too much of a mess of things. It is always effortless for God to make it right. And if you wonder, well, why sometimes do I ask and I don't receive when I ask? Well, if my child asks for a bottle full of milk, I'll give it to him. But they're asking for a bottle full of acid, I won't. And God says, I'm, if it's good, I will not hold it from you. And so in the midst of this, just understand that God's saying, I want you to allow me to provide for you what you can't get on your own, and I want to give you the assurance of that right now today, my power in your life. And secondly, you need to call out to him because there are times when you're not going to be able to understand, and the only thing you can get is dad next to you telling you it's going to be okay. Like that child who's teething. When a baby's teething, they got no idea. Why am I in so much pain? Why do I want to bite on things? Why is it that I'm screaming and crying and can't understand? And sometimes a parent can put some or gel on it or give them a teething ring and it bring a little bit of relief. But the truth is, there's some pain they're going to have to walk through. Now, Daddy knows on the other side of that pain, there's going to be a great set of choppers and everything's going to be okay, right? But in that moment... What happens is dad just needs to get his arm around the baby and say, it's going to be okay. And you need your father to get his arms around you and tell you it's going to be okay, even when you can't understand. Does that make sense? And so Isaiah 26, 3 says, you will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. And today, if you're in trouble... God's saying, not only do you need my power to do what you cannot do on your own, but you also need my comfort for me to tell you it's going to be okay even when you can't understand why you're having to go through what you're going through. And more than that, you need the hope of his plan for you. I want you to think about this. Like when the little kid is just wrecked because my fire truck is gone and my sister has it and life is never going to be the same and everything's going bad, you need dad to be able to step in and say, I've got good plans for you. I'm going to take you to the real fire truck today. You know what I'm saying? If I need to get it back from your sister, I can get it back from your sister. I may need to teach you to share today. But you need a father to pray. All right? Now, how about this? He then goes on and says, Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. All right? Because here's the thing. is so many of us are missing this beautiful element of relationship with God in our lives because when things are bad, we do cry out to him and we do talk to him. But when things are good, we're thinking like, man, I got that one, right? It's like the idea is talked about in Deuteronomy chapter 8 where God says, look, when you're getting all these blessings that you really don't deserve, you're going to be tempted to say to yourself, look, my strength and the power of my hand have produced this wealth for me. He said, don't you forget that it's God who even gives you the capacity to produce wealth. It's God who gives you the ability. If it weren't for God, you, you could be sucking strained beans through a straw because you have no capacity to do anything. God is saying to you, look, you've got every reason to be right now filled with praise for all the good things I've done for you. So if anybody here is happy, let them sing songs of praise. Don't be those ones who, when it's going good, you're thinking somehow it's to your own credit as opposed to the credit of the one who gave it all, right? And so then God's saying, guess what? If you'll remind yourself of these things, Psalm 103, 1 through 5, I love the way the psalmist writes it. He says, praise the Lord, O my soul. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. He's speaking to himself. Somebody needs to speak to yourself today and say, God, 
Forgive me for what I've done. Self, don't forget how good he's been. Start praising him and thanking him. You need your life filled with the passion and joy and the power and the celebration that comes from looking around you. Every single time you turn on a hot shower, every single time you get the arms of a child around you, every single time you're in a place where you can look and see the beautiful things that you've always taken for granted, and you can say, God, I praise you for it. It's going to take you to a whole new level. So, so who here is happy and today before this service is over you're going to be pouring out your heart in praise to God like you've never done it before and then he says is anyone among you sick let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord calling on the elders he's saying call on the church the elders are those who are, are given oversight to the church they're just trustworthy people who love God and love you so, so call on the people who love God and love you to pray over you. And it's not just staff people. It's just the people among you who have been considered trustworthy and they care for you. They're those overseers. And God's saying, call on the church and call on people who are trustworthy, who love you and care about you to pray over you and anoint you with oil. How many people are a little confused over the anointing with oil thing? Like, what's that all about, you know? I remember going to, a, I was at a, at a Luis Palau event over here at the beach. And I was going to be speaking to some youth that night. So I stopped by this prayer tent and I wanted them to pray over me. And one of them went in and said, I would like for y'all to pray over me because I'm going to be speaking for a youth event. And this lady in there said, we'll pray over you, Brother Dunn. And she said, but we don't have any anointing oil. She said, but the Bible has a whole lot to say about spit. <laughs> I promise. I promise. Not making this up. She goes, I mean like a lugia. <laughs> I'm not sick, but I'm going to be, you know? It's like, what was that? And, and I, I think what was driving this precious lady comes from this idea that somehow there's almost something kind of like magical about this thing. Do you know what oil was? Now, there was some oil that was special oil for anointing the priest not to be used by anybody else or anointing the, the places of sacred worship. But anointing with oil, y'all, it's kind of like, it's like if you took your hair product and your skin cream and your cortisone, and your cologne, and you put it all together, that's what anointing with oil was. Thou, you anoint my head with oil, my cup runs over. God, you're blessing me. You see, when somebody was anointed with oil, they looked good, they felt good, they smelled good, right? You anointed yourself with oil before going on a big date. Before you got on the camel, you anointed yourself with oil, right? It's like anointing, the anointing of oil, it was for healing it was for fragrance. It was for, it was what like the freshens the skin and cleans you up. And, and so Jesus said, when you're fasting, don't let anybody know you're even feeling any bad at all. You what? You anoint your head with oil, right? And so I want you to think about, you're just putting on the cologne, you're just putting on the cream, you're just, you're just getting all cleaned up. And so when we anoint, you'll have a chance today to be anointed with oil. And this stuff right here smells good, man. It's just like olive oil, just, it's got some fragrance in it and nothing magic about it. You know what we're doing is we're just saying, you need to smell good, right? You need to feel good. You need to believe in faith that you are being healed by God. Does that kind of make sense to everybody? 
It's a, an act of faith. You would need to anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. You need to do what it would be to physically say, I believe that you're being healed. I believe that you're being made well. I believe that you're being strengthened. I want you to look good, feel good, smell good. I, I'm just believing God to do good things in you. And so when we have the opportunity for somebody to come and we anoint them with oil, that prayer is a prayer of faith that just says, we really want you to feel it and know it and believe it that God from this moment is healing you. And so he then he says, and the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. And so many people are even afraid to pray for healing because they're afraid that somehow it won't happen like they ask it to happen. And it's like, guys, don't you get the picture? If he doesn't raise them up the way that you think he ought to raise them up, it just means he's doing even better than what you're asking Two sisters had a sick brother. You remember we read about it in the book of John. And they sent for Jesus. And Jesus stayed where he was two more days. By the time he got there, their brother had been in the tomb four days. And they're thinking, why didn't you answer our prayer and raise our brother up? Why didn't you show up? And why didn't he? Because he had something even better in mind. Even more powerful in mind. Right now sitting among you are people that literally, there's a man sitting among you today that was dead and is alive again. Literally. There are people sitting among you who have stage 4 cancer and they've been cancer free for years. There are people sitting among you who should not be here because God healed them and brought them to life where nobody could have ever seen that possible. And also at the same time I'll meet with a family tonight whose loved one died of cancer just two days ago. And you know what? After years, 35 years of doing this, you know what I realized? There's never ever been a time, ever, ever been a time that I've ever prayed for God to bring healing and raise somebody up that he didn't do at least as good as what I was asking, ever. I got together, yeah, yeah, you can give God a hand. I promise. And that's been among my own family members. And, and here's the reality is, I've seen what would be miraculous healings and I've seen things like my mother die of ovarian cancer and there was zero difference between the blessing and the power of God at work in those times. And so when, when Jane and I, our, our pastor of congregational care, went to pray over a man with stage 4 pancreatic cancer this past week, we prayed for his healing, and I walked out of there with absolutely no doubt God's doing at least as good as what we asked for. And later I got word from somebody who said, well, the report is, is that he took a turn for the worse. And honestly, there's a piece of me that says, there's no such thing. There's just no such thing as a turn for the worse. Don't you realize, guys, that if we die, you know what happens if we die? Paradise. Dag, paradise, that works, right? <laughs> but, but here's what I'm saying. I mean, here's the thing. Paul said it this way, Romans chapter 8, verses 37 through 39. He says, for I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any power, neither height nor depth, nor anything else, and all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus our Lord. He is going to do at least as good as what you're asking for. Amen to that? So pray. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. If they've sinned, they'll be forgiven it's what the next thing he says is, and if say, they've sinned, they'll be forgiven. That's what people often think is, well, the reason you're suffering must be because you've sinned. And so, and, and I believe it's the book of Mark. I'm not sure if it's Mark or I think it's Mark. But chapter 9, whichever book it is. But anyway, in, chap, in chapter 9, verse, verse, verses 1, 2, and 3, he, he says that there's a man born blind, and they ask the question, they say, was it this man who sinned or his parents who sinned that he was born blind? Jesus said neither one. Sometimes there's no sin in it. 
But you know what? A lot of people here are in some trouble, and you got mess, and you even got sickness because, yeah, you're sin. You're holding on to bitterness and anger, or, or you have sinned, and you got these secrets within your life. I love the way Psalm 32, 3 through 5 expresses it. Listen to this. When I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. Anybody ever feel like that? God, I got this secret sin, this junk in my life, and it's making me sick. It might be making me physically sick or spiritually sick or emotionally sick, and I'm just a mess right now because I've got these secrets within my life. But then he said, then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not cover up my iniquity. I said I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the guilt of my sin. How many people here are ready? Listen, listen. Who's ready here today to just say, I'm ready to stop hiding. I'm ready to stop keeping this secret within my life. I'm ready to confess to God what's going on and to somebody else ultimately that I trust. You know why it's so important to share it with somebody that you trust? How many people here honestly have confessed your secret sin over and over and over again to God, but you've never borne it to another soul and this thing has had a grip on you for months or maybe years? Maybe decades. And God's saying, bring a brother or sister on it that you trust. Therefore, he says, confess your sins in verse 16. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you can be healed. And then he says, the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Now, here's the thing. So many people here are thinking... Okay, prayers of a righteous person is powerful and effective. I'm not righteous. There's no way my prayers can be effective, right? Psalm 66, verses 18 through 20, the psalmist writes this. He says, If I had cherished sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. But God had surely listened and heard my voice in prayer. Praise be to God who has not rejected my prayer or withheld his love from me. What he was saying was, God, if I'm going to go on willfully, intentionally in sin and in rebellion against you, I shouldn't think that I could ask you to bless me and I'm going to be blessed. Does that make sense? It makes sense. But some people here are in a place where you just feel like, yeah, I, I really want to be pleasing to God, and I'd love to feel like I could pray to God and my prayers would be answered, but I am definitely not a righteous person. I fall short. I want you to hear what the book of Romans says. The Romans says that there is no difference. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. He says there's no one righteous, not even one. In verse 20 of Romans chapter 3, he says this, no one will be declared righteous in his sight by observing the law. You're never going to feel good enough to feel righteous by you trying to be good enough. But then he says this, but now, in verse 21, a righteousness from God apart from law has been made known to which the law and the prophets testify. This righteousness from God comes through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified, and you know what that means? Made righteous, freely by His grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. Tune into this, everybody. Tune in. This is priceless important. He's saying, I want to make you righteous. I want... I gave my son to die for you so that you could be made right with me today. As though you had never sinned. I want to set you right with me today. To where you can come and pray to me with absolute confidence that I'm going to hear you. How many people would like that? How many people would like to be able to come to God and say, I can pray to him as a father and know that because of the sacrifice he gave through his son, I am absolutely right with him. I, I actually am a person that can say, I can pray righteously. 
because Jesus has forgiven me. But listen, more than that, he wants to make you in reality right with him. He says, I want to come into your heart by my Holy Spirit, and I want to start making you who it is that you were created to be. And by my Holy Spirit, I can actually put into your heart what's in my heart. I can start making you like myself. And so how many people here realize that today is your day that you need to step into a righteousness that's not your own, it was given by God, and he's saying, I'll make you righteous today. The sacrifice of my son will take away all of your sin, and the gift of my Holy Spirit will start making you who I created you to be. Anybody ready for that? Y'all, the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. And he's saying, I want to make you righteous. Now, who here is ready to pray? Anybody here in trouble? Let them pray. Anybody here happy? Let's sing some songs of praise. Is anybody here sick? Yeah, man, you go. Is anybody here sick? You know what we should do is call those trustworthy people who love us to pray over us and anoint us with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they sin, they'll be forgiven. Who here needs some forgiveness? Who here needs to just confess to God and ultimately to somebody else where you've been and let him bring you a righteousness that's not your own? Who wants some prayers that are powerful and effective starting today? Jane, our pastor of congregational care, is going to come and invite you to that prayer now. So as now, as Jeff has uh, shared with us a powerful wor word from James, we kind of circle back to where we started in James 1.22 that says to not just be hearers of the word, but doers of the word. And so as we were praying about this whole sermon series, God spoke to us so clearly that we could not only teach and preach about prayer, but to come and engage in prayer. And we believe with all our hearts that there's people in the balconies, there's people seated here today that come with those things that have already been spoken about, with sin heavy on your heart, with shame and guilt that God does not desire for you to carry anymore, with worries, with, with praying for God's will for your life, with praying for your children and for your families and for your job and for the troubles and for the burdens that are on your heart. And so Jesus says to us, he says, come and pray. And so some of you might be thinking, well, gosh, I don't even know how to pray, right? Because those people on stage have all the right words. They always know what to say, and here's the truth. There are no right words. There are no special words. There are no words that you read out of a book that make your prayer better than another person. It's simply talking to God, like you text and you email and you talk to people all day long every day, right? And so if you feel any of these things and you're like, I want to pray to him, I want to have that conversation, then you come up and you just start off with this, like, God, I just don't really know what to say, but I want to talk to you. And he will open that conversation wide, up, wide open. There might be some of you that already have a prayer life that's kind of like popcorn prayers, right? That through your day in your car and in your job and in school, you just kind of shoot prayers to God of, 
praise and thanksgiving or things that you're praying about or things that are heavy on your heart. And so God welcomes that and he says, I want to take you a little bit deeper. And then there might be some among us that prayer has become like oxygen to our lungs, right? We cannot live without it because we know we have experienced that through reading scripture and praying intentionally that God's love flows in abundance. And so he wants to take all of us to that level so that we can experience him, so we can taste him, so we can know. I was at a point one time in my life too, in my early 20s, as Jeff referenced, talking about thinking sin caused illness. And Jesus is like, no, it didn't cause your illness. I forgave your sin. And I'm here to heal what is within you. And so in our expanded time today of prayer and response, it's so important for us that you come and you pray. And so we're going to offer different areas of this sanctuary for you to come out of your seats. Let the Holy Spirit pull you up. Don't worry about what people think or if they're looking at you funny or because they're not. They're thinking about what's in their own hearts. And so we have for you, if you're struggling either with sin that's not been confessed or perhaps you have confessed your sin, but you are carrying around that, sh that shame and guilt that God does not desire for you to carry around, we will invite you to come to either of these two wooden crosses in the baskets right there. You can write down your sin. You can write down your shame. You can write down your plea to be cleansed. And there's a, a mallet there. You can hammer it right into the cross. We want you to surrender that. And then, as Jeff preached, sometime confess that to one another. If you have an illness or a relationship or you're seeking God's will or whatever it is that you desire, that anointing with oil that he preached about, that he taught you about, we have prayer team members that will be on each set of these stairs and they have anointing oil with them and they will anoint you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit and pray over you with whatever you bring forward. Or maybe you got those cards as you came in this altar area, this is for you just to come and to be with him, to pour out yourself. You might have prayers down that come out from your belly. You might have prayers of praise. You might be somewhere in between. But we want a place for you just to come and be with him, just to come and pray for your unconnected friends, those that we know that the Holy Spirit's working in to come to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And we will have prayer members up here too that will pray over you and for you as you desire. And then here's the thing. If you don't know Jesus yet as your Lord and Savior and the Holy Spirit is nudging you to to rise out of your seat for that. We will have prayer team members at both of our prayer booths today during this time that you can go and you can, they will celebrate with you. They will pray with you. They will connect you. We want to walk with you during your journey. And so we have an extended time of prayer and worship. You can do this from your seat. You can get up and move around. You are invited to come down out of the balcony, come out of your seats, move around, go to as many areas as God is calling you to. Allow the Holy Spirit to pull you in to this deep connection of prayer and celebration as we sing our songs of worship and praise. And so as we enter this time, let us pray. Holy Lord, we just pray. We pray thanksgiving for who you are and that you want to talk to us. And that you say, just come and, and utter your words to me and I hear them and I will speak to you. I will heal your heart, I will heal your body, I will cleanse you from sin, and I will make you whole. I will take what's broken and put it back together again better than it ever was before. 
And so, God, draw us out of our seats. Let us come and pray with you. Let us lift up our unconnected friends and whatever is on our hearts, weighing us down on this day. And all God's people said, Amen. Won't you come and pray? Thanks for listening to this podcast by Christ United. If you'd like to respond to today's message, or if you want to share how God is using this ministry in your life, please send us an email to media at christislove.org. Or you can connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by following at Christ United MB. Thanks again for joining us, and may God bless you.